Hi. How are you? Hi. Can you wait one second? Yeah, of course. Hey. Hi. 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 Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Great. How are you? Nice day, beautiful and cold, right? Woo. Yeah. Where are you? I'm home, but it's just cold, and I think I actually don't think that I'm dressed appropriately. I was making videos, so I was just. <laughs> Looking nice, but <laughs> being a little underdressed. That's what's happening. Yeah. Wow. Where are you? Are you in your office? I'm in my office. It's one of those days where they have the heat on high, so I have to open the windows. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it Some feels days. so silly when they do that, you know? It's like, really? Such a well, waste. that's what happens, you know, yeah. these old buildings. That are on one thermostat. Right. That's true. Yeah, that makes sense. And I bet that not all the offices are super warm, right? No. Well, this office is often, you know, it, it varies completely. Some days I have to turn on, you know, both heaters I have uh, in addition to the radiator that's from the building. Right. So it just, it just changes from day to day. I just have to be prepared right. for anything. I know. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, how are you doing? Let's talk about you. Well, I've been in a pretty, um, you know, difficult place for days. I've been, uh, A, not having a lot of clients, B, and just procrastinating my time away, often not Uh, sleeping well. So then I'm just tired during the day, and that causes me to, you know, procrastinate a lot. You know, I have a lot of things to do. And... So the only positive, <laughs> the one thing I've done is gone through my music a lot. That's the one positive that's come out of me procrastinating, and made okay. a lot made a lot of playlists, <laughs> and uh, that's been good, I guess. Has been uh, nice and fun. Well, yeah, that's been the that's been the fun part. And, uh, Which is not but necessarily I, a bad thing, you know. It's like no. I know it's not ideal, of course, but it's, at least you're doing something that gives you pleasure. You're not, you're not being distracted. Let's do that. I'm not being what? Distracted. You know, you're not calling. Uh, you know, calling. Um, Bree. You're not. You know. It's no. Just, I think no. it's very important to just. Pay attention to the ways in which you're being caring of yourself. It's like, okay, you know, right. so yes, yeah, so there's certain things that it would be better if you didn't do or you did differently, but you're not and, doing things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. And I went to the movies last night uh, with a friend, 
Uh, what did you see? That was, I saw Spider-Man. It's an anime of Spider-Man. Oh. Did you like it? I did. It was. It was. Yeah, it was uh, fun. Yeah. It was fun. I never see movies like that, and you know, it's good to go with a male friend because then you can. I don't know. Most of my female friends. First of all, I never go to the movies, and if I do go to the movies with a female friend, they usually don't. It's unlike. It's much less likely that they'll want to see uh, a movie like this Something or an like action this. movie <laughs> or a violent movie. Or, uh, <laughs> so I got to see a kind of I don't know male movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I went with Stefan, and it was fun. The, of all the, the the movies that could be, you know, action movies, I think it was cute and interesting and funny. Oh, you, you saw Spider-Man? So, I did, I did. That's, that's one thing that we do a lot, actually. We do go to the movies a lot. I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love so, going yeah, to the relative scale of things, it's not, you know. Yeah. Not but what do you, what's going on that you're so low? Are you so low because uh, lack of clients? Is it because well, I think it's a combination. Feeling... I mean, I mean, I think it's easy. You know, I mean, my pattern, of course, is to, you know, my very deep pattern in my nervous system is, you know, whatever is going on emotionally takes me away from my life. So yes, the the thing that's disturbing me most is the thing about Mark and Bree sleeping together. And, you know, it feels like a complete betrayal by him, you know, and such an uncaring act and, and just feels like I'm surrounded by, you know, I just, you know, desperately want to get out of this sex and love addict addiction mentality. It's just nuts. You know, I'm so tired of it. And I'm so, I don't understand why I'm attracting, why I've attracted it in my life. And I'm, trying to work on myself and, you know, not have it in my life. And, you know, I, you know, I guess I don't have it in my life now, except for thinking about Brie and, you know, I mean, you know, I think, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write an email and I am writing an email. I, I wrote, you know, a lot to Mark and, you know, but it, and it's that question of like how much, you know, is this important to do or is this not important to do? You know, in other words, is this con- another other question that is this controlling to do or is this me speaking up? And, you know, it's a question all the time. Yeah. You know, what is, and, what and, is, and that's a, it's a very important question because one of the things that I would I would say is um, how much energy are you giving to it? Right. It's like, you know, as you said, you know, that you're upset about Mark sleeping with her. I have to tell you what my first thought was. My first yeah. thought was like, good, good riddance. Well, good riddance. Why? And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for Mark. And uh, and at the same time, it's like, well, you know, it's the uh, they they just they she found his much her much, I guess in a way, from what I you told so. me. But the deeper, you know, the deeper thing is like, you know, I can get Brie out of my life and I can get Mark out of my life. But Mark is a, you know, this man just hosted 
my brother's memorial at his house. You know, he was yeah. best friends with my brother and he was best friends. You know, we were very close in high school and we've been, you know, he's one of my oldest friends that I have in my life. And now, Mark, so, is Mark, Mark is not the one that was hiring you, right? Is he the one? No. No, 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 no. No, Mark okay, is, okay. Mark, he lives in New York. He's, you know, he, you know, his father. And so that's now he, you know, his father's like 90. He, he's like, a, you know, he's, he's a musician and he has a recording studio. His father also owns at least four brownstones in the Columbia um, University area of New York. And he rents mm -hmm. them out to students. So he's, you know, he has basically millions of dollars, but he looks, right. if you saw him walking down the street, you would say he looks like an artist, like a musician bum, you know, and, right. and, you know, he's been a massive, I mean, he cheated on, he has two grown daughters who are older than Bree, and he, uh, you know, he cheated on his wife massively because he was in a performing troupe called the Fly Flying Karamazov Brothers. And, you know, he did this his whole life. I mean, he's been a kind of player and sex and love addict his whole life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. it's it minorly affected me. You know, one time he came into town, you know, and he'd always give me free tickets for me and my friends. And, you know, 15 years ago, you know, he would do this and he would flirt with all of my friends, you know, you know, I was going out with Deborah at the time. We were, you know, 40. I was 40. Deborah was 35. But the other people who came to the show were people in her dance company who were in their early 20s. And, you know, he would, I remember even 15 years ago, like he, Deborah and I were walking behind after the show. We're walking behind him. He was walking with these two women, uh, in their 20s who danced for Deborah and were, you know, our very close friends, you know, and I was like, oh my God, he's totally hitting on them, but he's doing it badly. I remember this moment where he's like, one of them, one of them rolled her eyes and I was like, oh my God, Mark has lost his, because I always idealize him as a super, you know, you know, romantic and super intelligent. He could quote any poet or, you know, out of the last 500 years, and he was incredibly intelligent sex and love addict, you know, romantic mm -hmm. sex and love addict. And, and then, you know, the two of them complained to Deborah saying, you know, you know, Patrick's friend Mark totally was a slime ball to us. And, and then I, 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 you know, and then Deborah, I think I told you that Deborah reminded me I used to talk to Deborah about this, you know, a few, whatever, a month ago. This was even before this happened. And uh, Deborah said, Patrick, you, you forget that he also came on to me. And you defended wow. him. Just, you defended him saying that he was just, oh, he's just being his romantic self, you know. Uh, and it's like yeah. she thought he was a total slime ball. And so... You know, it has affected me. I mean, it affected me then, but nothing much happened. I mean, you know, he didn't sleep with them. He didn't, you know. Yeah. I remember, you know, we had reunions of our high school. And I remember just the last time he was there, 
one of my friends, you know, now we're all, you know, in our 50s or whatever. And she went, she just went, oh, Mark, just stop your flirting, you know, just stop. (laughs) You know, and he doesn't even, he's like, he's literally like a dirty old man. He doesn't even realize he's doing it anymore. Right. You know, he's so on rope mode. And now, you know, he reveals to me, he has like, you know, he's been with a lot. I mean, he was just with a 24-year-old woman recently. He's, he, he's, you know, he, he's, he and Brie are very, very similar. Like he'll say something and you just know it's the peak of a whole um, iceberg. You know, there's a huge, you know, he said, he's told me he has, he's bitterly complained about women coming after him, like him being me too, you know, women coming after him Mm -hmm. and him getting in trouble. My guess is, you know, he teaches at colleges and universities sometimes. And my sense is, I mean, my guess is, you know, because why would, I mean, maybe he just has random women in his life coming after him, but it made it seem like he, it was a little bit more institutional than that. Mm. And, and, And then he would say this, you know, he would rail against the kind of over PC nature of everything and how it's, ridiculous and you know I can identify with some of that but then I just realized after you know thinking of that conversation in relation to sex and love addictness you know he's just defending himself you know he's anyway so what do I do with him am I going to break off my friendship with him forever or you know I mean my well this is interesting it's an interesting question because the, the important part that I see is no, you don't necessarily have to break your friendship and it would be really important that you are aware of who he is and what kind of relationship you want to have with him because it's, you know, it's very important that you take the blinder from, you know, the, the yeah, like the, the well, blinder from I just your felt eyes. incredibly, just unbelievably betrayed by him. I mean, like, yeah. I, I told you these other stories. I mean, I have treated acquaintances of, me, of mine recently. You know, this woman I got attracted to, I helped them basically get together, but I became attracted to her at one point. And then I realized, you know, they broke up three months, four months ago at this point. And I said, I said to them, you know, obviously you're still in process with each other. You know, breakups take a while. I said, I'm totally backing off. I'm not doing anything with her. And I told the guy this. And I just, I, you know, this happened slightly before I learned about Mark and Bree. And, and I was just like, I just treated this guy who I barely know better mm-hmm. than Mark. I mean, I treated this guy with more care than Mark treated me with. I mean, Mark didn't even fucking and care. So, so it's important to, yeah. So it's really, really important. Patrick, you're tapping, right? That's yes, important I am Are you tapping? Actually. Good, good, good. But how do I, how do I, and I feel incredibly, I can't even say how deeply hurt and deeply uncared for I feel by him. And it basically reminds me. I mean, it's just totally triggering of me. It's like I'm with somebody, I'm with somebody who their addiction, like, will completely obliterate any of their concerns for me. And how do, why yeah. did I, 
you know, my friends, you know, when I talk to my wise friends, you know, my, any, any friend really, <laughs> but uh, they say, Patrick, I mean, they interrupt me and say, Patrick, Mark is, why do you even want to be friends? He's not a friend to you. This is, he is right. an absolute jerk. I mean, why would you even want to be, why would you want this person in your life at all? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, why, why would I want? a sex addict who's so addicted that he will just throw me under the bus in a second. Why would I want somebody in that, my life? I can't trust him for anything. I mean, I, can, so, I guess so I So let's have answer this. that question. Let's answer that question. Why would you want someone like that? In I don't life? know. I mean, just for nostalgic sake. I mean, you know, there's okay. a lot of history there. You know, it's like a, he's almost like a family member. I mean, and as I get right. older, you know, I don't even have my brother. I mean, we, we call each other brothers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I you mean, know what? And maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, this is a very important, okay, this is really good. This is very good because you were very loving to your brother who was, he was not um, destroying of you, but he was very self-destructive I mean to the point of course right that he committed suicide right. so and you were very loving to him and you were there sometimes you lost your patience or whatnot you know just like right. a normal person but you were there for him so that speaks of you you as a person you as a human being are you are someone who would not you don't easily uh, let go of people you get attached and you don't easily let go. And, you know, when somebody that you care about has an issue, be mental health or something else, like an addiction, even when it hurts you, you're still going to be there for them. But that's part of who you are. It's important to recognize that this is part of who you are. Now, when something is damaging to you, that's when your own addiction kicks in, that you will actually, you will put your loyalty of someone ahead of your own health, emotionally in this case. Right. And that's when it's not serving you. Right? Yeah, yeah. So... How can you, it's not about letting go, but it it might be about setting boundaries. Like how can you protect yourself so you do not get thrown under the bus and then be surprised? So let me tell you. My, you know, just like with the profiles, and we talk about the profiles a lot, but I know that, you know, because of profiles and because of people, who people are, there's certain things that I've learned that I can expect from my father, for example, or I can expect from, you know, Stefan that I could not expect from somebody else. Like, and if I start having um, unreasonable expectations of someone, I am hurting myself. So, you know, trying to convince yourself that Mark should respond to you the way that you respond to him 
it's a wonderful and a very um, noble way of thinking, and it makes a lot of sense. But it's not a self-caring way of being if it ends up hurting you. You're just deceiving yourself. Well, so, I never, I mean, not, I never dreamed that you would do anything pain, like that. I'm not by the way. The pain is real and the pain is very important to just grieve because, you know. But so what, what he, are you he, really he, saying? I mean, should I not bring any woman? Uh, no, let's say, not, okay, this is, that's, a good, that's a good, very, very practical question. That's a very good, very practical well, question. So let's say, let's say that you... Um, you know, you get in a relationship with somebody else that is a healthy partner for you and you're very happy and you want to see your friend Mark. So before you see him, first of all, you're going to, you know, ask yourself, when would you be, when would you see him? Would you see him at the beginning of a relationship? I don't think it's a good idea. You have to establish a solid foundation for your relationship before you see him, knowing who he is. And then, you would actually have a conversation with that person and say, by the way, I want to let you know that I really care about my friend Mark and he has an issue. He's a flirt. He will, you know, um, flirt, you know, he would flirt. He would actually make a pass at you. He may even be inappropriate. Are you still willing to do that? Because he's my friend and I love him and I want to spend time with him, but he's not, you know, he's not a very conscious man in that way. He's just, you know, he can be a nut. So you have a conversation where you're honest. How does that sound to you? Is it unreasonable, would you say? No, I mean, that's what I'd have to do, you know, and it's sad. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, what I'm thinking of right now is I want to tell Mark. I literally want to tell Mark. I just had a phone call with my uh, 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 coach therapist. And this is where it went. This is where she went. This is what she said to me, unprompted by me. She said, well, she was strategizing with me of like, what kind of conversations I need to have if I wanted to maintain a friendship with you. The kind of conversations I would need to have with a future girlfriend. I can't bring a future girlfriend in the beginning of my relationship around this man because he might fucking do what he did with Brie. I mean, just that, that statement alone is just unfucking believable that I would have to not bring a girlfriend around with him. Then, then after a while of being in the relationship and we were solid, I would say, well, my friend is a flirt. He might make a pass at you. He's inappropriate. He's kind of an asshole. That's what my therapist just said to me, that my friend is an asshole. These are, Mark, these are the conversations that I'm having with people about you. I want to literally tell him this conversation. This is what comes out of people's mouths. I could tell you what come out, came out of Rithia's mouth about thing and, and Deborah's mouth about, you know, they're like, he's a fucking dipshit asshole. You know? Yes, he is. But it's not, but the thing is, see, this is the important part, is that you, I think that you love him enough that you are still 
deeply hurt and appalled that he's having this behavior. And he, this is not new. So the, what, the biggest issue here, Patrick, is that the blinders are off. And I'll tell you why the blinders are off. Because you engage with grief. Because Wait, grief what? is not just what, what, about What do you mind. mean by that? My bl- just, 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 I don't understand you. Okay. My blinders are off. Okay, you're ba- you're ba- no, not, not so much your, no, I, I, I use the wrong word. Your veil, the veil is off about Mark. Uh-huh. Who Mark is, how he behaves. The veil is off. And the veil is off because you were in a relationship with Brie. Because as you mentioned a few moments ago, when you were in relationship with Deborah, Deborah said, he's an ass, he's such a stupid, you know, he's just inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. Right, Deborah I mean, she had boundaries, Rithia had boundaries. I mean, I've been the exactly. two major relationships of my life, or the three major, you know, I had this year and a half, year and three quarter relationship. Asa was the other kind of significant relationship other than my eight year relationship with Deborah and my seven-year relationship with Rithia. And they all, I mean, thank God I've chosen women. I've never chosen a woman like Bree. I've never had a relationship. Right. All of the women that I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I've always chosen people with more restrictive boundaries than I have. I think, you right. know, I, I'm kind of like, why would I choose somebody to be with with Bree? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, I mean, maybe I feel like my own boundaries were good enough, so I didn't need to find somebody with incredible boundaries. You know, yes, I think when I was younger and I'm more, uh, not like I was worried about them cheating, but so I wanted to find somebody with good boundaries. It never even occurred to me. I was more worried about, I wanted somebody to have good boundaries with so they would kind of rein me in a little bit. Not that I would cheat, but just that I, I got swayed. I'm very, I mean, you know, now that I have the codependent language, I, I would be very codependent with everyone in my life. And if I was with a woman who had very strong boundaries and a very good sense of self, then they could kind of keep me in check. And right. I think that was true to a certain extent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what's interesting, if I think about myself now, is that, you know, now I feel like, my God, you know, I mean, I've just been around all these, you know, even my community of people, even in my Thursday night dance group, you know, the amount of like boundaryless polyamory bullshit that's around me is just unbelievable. I'm just like way not into it. I'm like, I feel like I'm the most boundary person around, you know, which is insane because I'm not, you know. Right. And at the same time, you, this whole experience has very clearly helped you define what's important to you. And that's really great. Well, that is true. And, and I don't rely on others to make boundaries because if I do, I'm going to be in very bad shape, you know. Yeah, I mean, plus, I guess. you know, it is, it, is a, it is a whole new thing, right? Now it's like the polyamory thing. It's like the difference is that most people that are polyamory and having flirts and, I mean, affairs with everybody or whatever, they're honest about it. So they may be in a long-term relationship that they're tired of or whatever, and they're having a couple of lovers. 
but it, it's out in the open. It's not like right. That's true. I know. mean, it's nothing like Brie. I mean, Brie exactly. is. You know, that's why I say she's not really polyamorous because she doesn't. She's not honest at all. Exactly. She does. She wouldn't even say that she's polyamory, probably. Well, she did. No, she does at times. You know. Well, she doesn't. She knows she can't use that word because she does know it's associated with communication. But mm. you know, she'll say, "Well, let's have." You know, with me, she would say, "Well, let, let me just go off." You know, when she was in her kind of sleigh stuff, she would say, "Patrick, let me just have my thing." You know, have my things every once in a while, and I'll always come back to you. And, mm. you know, and uh, yeah. so she would say stuff like that. But, you know, it's not polyamory. She knew, you know, I mean, she might, she did, she did use that term in the very beginning when we first met. She said, well, I'm polyamorous. But, you know, it was, you know, polyamorous means communication and she doesn't communicate. She's not honest. No, because I think that's part of the thrill for some people. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say because I don't know her, but part of the thrill for some people is that they want to have sex whenever they want to have sex. They don't want to have boundaries. And they just, they, the thrill of like kind of like cheating is part of the whole thing. You know, if it's out in the open, then what's the, you know, it takes away from it. For some people, it has a, it, it has a component of like the secrecy, it, you know, or the inappropriateness. Uh-huh. Which sucks, but you know what I mean? It, it's just, it's awful, and then at the same time, it's like, okay, so there is that, right. that piece. That it's right. know, kind of, I don't know, I, I don't know if I call it a turn on, but it's like, okay, so, you know, something of that sort. So, yeah, no, she, she doesn't qualify. But it's interesting that having been with her, and it is a good question to ask why you allowed yourself to be with her, but having been with her, you you know, that's why Mark is an issue. He's never it's, he's never been an issue before. No, because you know none of the women would even. In fact, it was so sad. I mean, it was incredibly sad when Deborah said you defended him about coming on to me. <laughs> you know, that is yeah. like incredibly sad statement that I was like, you know, but I only had the luxury of doing that because I knew that Deborah had really strong boundaries. You know. Right, right. Yeah. So the issue is, right now, you're you're right because of Bree. Now you have an issue with Mark because before you didn't. You're like, okay, so this is you either defended him, which was sad, or you just you know brushed it off as just that's who he is, but it never affected you directly. But now it has. But it's not that he has changed. No, he hasn't changed. And, you know, I mean, I did get, you know, I mean, he also presents a picture of himself because he was in this eight-year relationship with this woman. I mean, he, and he stopped, you know, he was in a relationship. But if you hear about this relationship, you know, it was so sad, you know, he, you know, and the woman reminds me, actually, the funny thing is, so she, so she ended up cheating on him kind of and lying to him ruthlessly. It was just really horrible. And they had a quasi kind of open relationship at times, but, mm-hmm. you know, you always had to tell the truth, I guess. And she didn't. 
But, you know, she was at my brother's memorial. They had already broken up. You know, she really lied to him. And, you know, he went on and on about her lying to him and how horrible it was for him. But then, you know, then things would slip out of how much he, I guess, I guess he didn't cheat on her. I guess the thing is he didn't cheat on her. I I don't know if that's Mm. not entirely true. I think he, I don't know. You know, he's always so slippery and, you know, like I, I was describing, you know, with Bree, you know, this horrible thing of going to these two therapy sessions with Stephen Bodkin and, and her coming out of them being in love with me and saying, wow, this is the best thing in the world. And, and, you know, and she was already sleeping with Nash. So here was this sacred environment where she should be mm-hmm. telling the truth and she's like lying through her teeth. And also presenting a picture of our relationship that's just vastly untrue, that she's more in love with me ever. Meanwhile, she's sleeping with somebody else. I mean, it was, it's just so fucked up. It's just so fucked up. Yeah. And I'm telling him this. And then he said, well, uh, you know, uh, Kat, his girlfriend, did the same thing. But then, like five minutes later or two minutes later, he ends up saying, well, I did the same thing to my wife. I was in therapy with my wife. And... I didn't think of it as really cheating on her. You know, they were talking about him cheating with somebody else and he was cheating on some, you know, a new person while he was in therapy Mm -hmm. with her. And, you know, and then it didn't like he, like his mind, it was just like Breeze. His mind, it didn't occur to him. Like he's getting down on his girlfriend for lying to him in therapy about cheating. And he did the same thing. Like, and he was like, Oh yeah, I did the same thing, you know? And it just, but the piece that I, the piece that I, yeah, it's like draining, isn't it? It's just like so exhausting. So let's let's head to the because I I totally get it. I'm not. Uh, I totally yes. totally get it. Listen, let's Yvonne, talk about actually. the betrayal. What's that? No, <laughs> no, no, yeah. Okay, let's talk about betrayal. How does that hit you? Like, what happens? There's something well, about the betrayal that it's a very core wound. It's something that no, you're I've like... I've always felt, you know, betrayed by my mother. You know, my mother always mm. put other people ahead of me. I mean, there wasn't even a question that I was first. I mean, I was always... Anyone was ahead of me. You know, there wasn't... Okay. I mean, she was not a mother. Uh, right. You know, in a profound way. I mean, within that, you know... You know, she always, you know, my mother had a sense of flow, so things happened. I mean, again, I mean, Brie is a lot like my mother. You know, Brie, you know, has an incredible sense of flow and, you know, also a charismatic person, you know, my, my, my mother in her own way. Uh, but my mother could go into flow, so she, and I love the sense of flow that she had. You know, she never expected a lot from people and things you know, she would just cook a meal, but she'd cook it on her own timing and it would, but she would make a meal and it would just happen, you know? So, you know, she was a mother in certain ways. She did feed me, uh, you know, but there are many moments she also didn't feed me. I don't, you know, I don't recall when I was younger, but certainly by the time I got to be a teenager, the only way that, you know, I started taking over the shopping and the cooking because, mother would be too drunk or 
I don't know what she'd be doing, but, uh, you know, there wouldn't be, you know. It was not available. Yeah, I mean, literally, there'd be, like, empty shelves on the refrigerator unless I went shopping. And, and I wanted to have a sense of order. So I started doing the shopping in high school, you know. And, you know, and these were, you know, my mother, you know, my father paid for everything, basically. I mean, my, it was, you know, it came out of my mother. But, but uh, I remember, like, it was a lot of fucking money. We would spend, like, $400. This is in 1981 on food for shopping. Oh, my God. So that would be wow. still into like $800, you know. I think that would be. what would you buy? Well, my mother would, I would go shopping when, you know, there would be literally no food in the house, you know, and there were three boys and her. And then right. I would say, Mom, give me the money. I'll go shopping, you know. And uh, so then we'd have to replenish everything because it would be, you know, nothing. Uh, and then I started, that's how I kind of learned to cook was because, you know, and it was also bonding time with my mother. She and I would cook together. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, you know, my mother never asked me about my life, never cared anything about my schoolwork, really, except, you know, would shake her head when my grades would come in, but she'd never helped me at all. She never checked whether my homework was done. She never gave me, you know, I learned to brush my teeth regularly by going over to other people's houses and realizing that they brush their teeth every night, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was not. That's that's. She wasn't what there up with my to guide you or to help you. And your mom, your dad wasn't either. Well, yeah, I mean, he he was like a grandfather. I mean, you know, he was divorced, so he lived close by, but he didn't right. take he didn't take care. But when my mother, you know, my mother would literally pack her bags. I mean, there are probably five to ten times that my mother packed her bags, literally, you know walked out of the door saying, I'm never coming back with all of us screaming and crying. Uh, and then my father would move in. I don't know where my mother would go, maybe our country house, maybe to a friend's house. And my father would move in and it was glorious. Oh my God. It was like night and day. My father would get up. He would cook his breakfast. Every My mother never cooked me breakfast in the morning, you know? So I learned to cook breakfast because I wouldn't get breakfast, you know? So right. my father would, move in I'd be like 10 years old and he'd be making us breakfast in the morning on a school day it was like the most beautiful thing in the world you know it was like total like order in the house you know and uh it was amazing you know and and almost it was shocking I mean I there was some part of me that also liked the freedom with my mother you know I mean she never you know my father was very orderly and and uh but he didn't really he didn't, he didn't check up on her schoolwork for a very different reason than my mother. My mother was just neglectful, but my father was just, he didn't want to be, his father was a dictator. And so he didn't want to be mm. a dictator like his father. So he was very purposeful. He made a decision. I'm not going to engage. But, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that. But it was for a very wrong reason still, but a different reason than my mother. Right. But it's I mean, it the wasn't whole out of thing neglect. of being, 
The other piece that comes in as we're talking, Patrick, and I hope they're still tapping because I yeah. want to invite that part of you that can be present for, wow. you know, for young, yeah, for young Patrick and in the sense of finding himself and settling for getting what he, what he could. Like, right, from mom, he got to be, you know, he had to learn to go grocery shopping and to cook so he would get a little bit of connection with mom. With dad, it was probably a different set of, you know, behaviors or something that he had to do in order to be close to dad. And it wasn't like attention and love and caring came very freely. Like, you know, like it happens for Toriel, that she assumes that she's going to be taken care of and she's going to be given regular meals and there's going to be somewhat of a, you know, a structure and order and, and you know, <laughs> flow of food and whatnot. So it's yeah. I'm not the most like, orderly person, but Toriel knows that I'm completely devoted to her. And you know, I mean, not that I'm not orderly. You know, I do cook her meals, but sometimes I'm I'm not the most structured person in the world. I would say. Yeah, but, and that's uh, okay. But but she knows that. And you're I'm not. There. But that's then the again, I'm not also. You know. You know the interesting thing about. I'm not the most unstructured person either. I mean, I, I, I'm very surprised. I don't know if it's this area or maybe I always idealize structure more than it actually is structured, but I'm very surprised, you know, that, you know, I actually do. I am, in a sense, more structured than a lot of other parents. I thought I'd be more like a five out of ten, and I'm more like a seven, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of structure, because, but I think of, other people just seem to be so like, you know, people keep their kids up late and people, I don't know, wonder why their yeah, kids are yeah, freaking out. Kids. I'm like, well, wh- wh- when's the last time you gave them food? And I'm, they're like, oh, I didn't really serve them lunch. I'm like, well, that's why your kid is wow. screaming. <laughs> you know, I, right. I sometimes get to, there's more of that than I would expect, even from people who I wouldn't expect to be like that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of obvious stuff. You know, so I, anyway, yes. Yeah, but the important uh, piece is how, yeah, that's it's like how your nervous system has learned to just survive with very little. And when you actually feel like you're behaving well and somebody betrays you or mistreats you, it's just, it gets very surprised and shocked and hurt. Be it Brie or Mark even when you knew all along who they are. Because I think it's a younger part of you that still feels shocked. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. As you're talking about Mark, I'm thinking, he's been trying to do what he did with Bree all along. He's just, oh, yeah. you, you know, know meet his match. I mean, I mean, there was, nobody else was available, so... He kept on trying and kept on trying and kept on trying. And finally, somebody said yes, so well, he just betrayed you. Right. And, you know, he constantly says, well, she all, all, all was initiated contact. And it's like, well, you didn't have to say sexual things back to her. And right. you did. So you, you, he always is playing victim. You know, and I get that. You know, I, I feel it. You know, I've now come to, you know, what I, where I've come to with Bree is that, you know, I feel very stupid in myself, you know, and I, 
I feel like, you know, this stupid older man, you know, what did I think was going to happen? You know, and why would I be with somebody who's 27 years younger than me? How could I possibly, I mean, come on. There's a hundred to one shot that, uh, that uh, somebody who's 27 years younger than you is ever going to work out as a real relationship. I know this one couple, she's like probably in her late fifties, maybe she's 60 now. And he's like 80 something. He's like 84, you know, 85. And, mm-hmm. and I, I would say that in the relative scale of things, they seem to have a good, healthy relationship. He's an incredible guy. He's very kind, but I also know she's, I've known her for a while and I know that she's come from a lot of trauma and uh, you know, I mean, yes, in the relative scale of things, their relationship seems to be healthy. They love each other. They've been together now for many, many years and uh, it seems healthy, but you know, but that's like, that's the only relationship I, you know, I mean that I personally But I don't know, know if of. it's, I don't know if it's age, but just, I don't know. I, I, I have my doubts that age is a component, but it's it's just a component. There could be, you could meet, the reason that I'm saying these. Do you know of a lot of relationships I, with that big an age difference, like 27 years? Well, my my mother's second, yeah, my mother's second husband uh, was 26, 26 or 27 years older than her. And yeah, she was very happy with him. There were no issues of until he became a jerk. I mean, things things just completely changed, you know. And then things, yeah. When, but they were together for twelve years, and they were very happy together. And it had and nothing it to do with the age. It had nothing to do with age. Yeah. No, not only that. I mean, if anything, he was the one that was cheating. He was in his like late seventies, and she was in her early fifties. And he was kind of cheating at the beginning. He was a flirt with everybody. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And that got straightened out. So I think, the, and the reason that I want to say that is not so, because I don't want you to make it about age. I want you to make it about uh-huh. who the person mm-hmm. is and how they behave. And I'll tell you why. You, you know, because I don't want you to go to the simple approach of like, oh, next time I'm not going to get together with a 20, 30-year-old because, you know, well, I, I probably, I mean, you know, people, I mean, whether you believe in the astrology piece of Saturn return, I would say that in general, people kind of in general get more of their shit together when they're, you know, a little before 30 or 30. So, my, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, no, it's better. It's uh, easier to be with a, a person past their Saturn return. And I agree, knows their stuff better. And it's not in a turmoil. But you can find a 40-year-old who's a total sex addict and is going to cheat on you left and right. Right. That, that's the piece that I want to bring to your attention, that it's not about the age. You can find an older woman. So that's what it's about. It's about who the person is, what their values are, and why are they wanting a relationship with you. Is it because you're cute and you are a good lover, or is it because... They respect you and admire you and want to be in, build something with you. Because that, right. I think, to me, is a lot more important, you know, than... And I have to tell you, the way that you met <laughs> Bree from the beginning, I was like, well, 
when you shared with me how you met, it sounded like a, you know, it sounded all like all romantic and whatever, but I'm thinking, okay, she's doing that with you. What happens when the next handsome, available man comes along? I know. She literally said to me, she, she fucked me. You know, we, the second day, we're outside of a dance in the parking lot next to East, uh, uh, what is that place called? Eastside Grill. And yeah. we, start, we start kissing. And yeah, I'm super attracted to her. And she said I was, you know, very forward with her. I mean, I was totally, you know, you know, totally forward with her. And I, I don't know what I was, I mean, yeah, I was super attracted to her. By the, that day, I'd only met her the day before, I literally felt like I was in love with her. I mean, I knew her. That, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it was totally crazy. And a lot of people feel this about Brie. You know, this is the way that Mark feels about Brie, you know? And, and uh, but then she's just like, I want to I make love with you right now outside. And we walked to the Catholic Church, you know, we walked on the railroad tracks across the bridge and got to the Catholic church on Wing, uh, King street and made love outside, you know, in August. And, uh, that's how we got together. And she just, she thought, Oh, I'm just going to fuck him once. This is what she told me later. She said, I'm just going to fuck him once and that's going to be it. Right. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, she realized she was into me. And then I kept coming back at her and she was interested in me. I mean, for me, it was, uh, you know, I was deeply in love with her. I mean, I mean, whatever it was, I mean, that's how I felt. I'm not saying it was right, but I was yeah, totally yeah. into her. I, could, I, I, of course, couldn't imagine because I just project myself onto others. I couldn't imagine. Like, I would have never done that if I were with somebody else. But she was with two other people at the time, you know. Yeah. Uh, engaged in something, and uh, did you know that she was with? No, I didn't. People? I didn't. She didn't. She didn't tell me until like two days later. Or I don't know when she told me. You know. Yeah. And did she end with them, or you don't know? You're not sure. No, no, no. She did end with them. She. I, I said, look. You know. I, I first. Said, well, maybe I, maybe this is my entry into the polyamory world because she said she's polyamorous. And then I talked about, I didn't know anything about her, you know, and, and, uh, but then I realized, no, I'm not polyamorous. You know, this is all in the first week. And I just said, you know, I think we just got to end. I'm not polyamorous. You are, and I'm not interested. But then one of the guys mm-hmm. broke up with her. It's one of the few good men in her life. He's also like in his late forties. And uh, I just recently talked to him. Fascinating to find, I talked to him, did I tell you this? And I found out that he knows nothing. Mm. He, knew, he knew nothing about her personal life. He said all they talked about was music and kind of spirituality and philosophy. He knew nothing about her personal life and nothing about her life. I mean, it was really weird mm. to me because she says he's one of his best, her best friends. And she, he said he wow. literally knows almost nothing about her life. And, uh, mm-hmm. and um, anyway, so he broke up with her. He basically said, I mean, he said, you know, she went on and on. I, I think I told you the story. She was in a car saying how in love she was with him. 
He has severe Lyme, so they actually never, which is also kind of an interesting, bizarre thing, they never made love. They only kind of kissed and fooled around because he had such severe Lyme. He just didn't, he didn't want to, I don't know, deplete himself or whatever. And so she went on and on about how in love she was with him. And I, I was so like literally in love with her that I just wanted the best for her. And I said, Bree, you're, you're sabotaging yourself. You, you should be with this man. He, you're in love with him. And he sounds like he's in love with you. And I don't, I certainly, and he's not into poly. She told me she's not in, he's not into polyamory. And I said, well, I don't want to be the man you're cheating on him with. I mean, I should have already, right. you know, seen something, but I said, just, I'm, I said, I'm breaking up with you. You know, it was like our third day of being together. And I said, I'm, you know, I don't want to do this. I, I, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You're sabotaging yourself. Go be with him. What are you doing? You know, you're so in love with him. I just had this conversation with this guy like a week ago and he said he wasn't in love with her. And he said he had no idea that she was in love with him. And they were just kind of hanging out and fooling around a little bit. And that was it for him. And then this other woman, I actually called him to ask him, was any of this true? Like, was she lying to me about him all the time? Because she said that this other woman that he felt really strong with came back into his life and he wanted to pursue things with this other woman. So he broke up with her. But then I started getting very paranoid like a week ago, thinking she was just lying. This, everything that she said about him was a total lie. And she's actually been sleeping with him the whole time. And, but he ended up saying, yes, no, it was true. Everything that she said was true that he did, call her up and say, I want to be with this woman. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be with you anymore. And, and then they got together like four months ago or five months ago. And then, I, and I realized she, she asked me, could she sleep at his house? And could she even sleep in the same bed with him? And she promised to me it would be totally platonic. And I don't know where in my mind, I will never let any lover do that. And I would never do that to any lover, you know, say, I want to sleep with some other woman in bed, you know, that's crazy. And she didn't end up doing what well, she said. She didn't end up doing it, but then, and he said, no, they didn't end up doing that. And it was fine. But I thought, Oh my God, that's all of this is a lie. She's been sleeping with him for the whole time she's been with me. But uh, it, it wasn't true. She did tell the truth about that. So wow. I don't know. I wow. I I would say yes. This story, this whole thing has made me realize. I mean, I do really want to be with a passionate person. I do want to be with a an incredible lover. You know, and you know the truth is, Bree wasn't even an incredible lover because we never got past her sex addiction. Like we never, you know. You know, it was very interesting with her sexually, you know, like, uh, you know, like that, like this was a certain codependence I had, you know, she was a very, I knew that she'd obviously been lovers with so many people. And like, you know, the way she did a blowjob on me, she was super energetic about it. But what I, 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 it was so codependent. It was so kind of weird. I didn't know why I felt so speechless, but the way she gave me a blow job was not the way that I wanted a blow job. And I couldn't speak up about it because she was so, I knew that she had a very big ego. Every, she even told me like, everyone says I give the best blow job. 
And it's like, I would never mm. say that as a lover because I've been with enough women to know every woman is different. They want something different. And, uh, mm. you know, there might be little things that, you know, are tendencies with a lot of people, you know, maybe guys like this, right. women like this, and their tendencies. But I would say, you know, my experience is people are very fucking different. I mean, they're really quite different. And so I never... I, I was so codependent with her. I never said, I mean, I, I, I gave her a few times. I just said, oh, could you try this? But I never kind of, she would always go back to the same thing that she was doing and she didn't really listen to me. And I never, it was, it was just an interesting moment in the relationship where I felt like I couldn't speak up and I was very codependent. Huh. And I would say in general, our sexuality you know, it never really recovered from the first time she cheated on me. I mean, I thought we were stabilizing. I mean, it was, there were moments, but it was, it was still reestablishing itself all summer, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, I mean, it was there. I mean, there were, it's not entirely true. It was, I felt it was still, there were, it just, it didn't deepen. Our sexuality didn't go to that next level. It didn't. And you know, I'm, I'm a very unusual person, I think. I don't know if I'm an unusual person, but I'm a very passionate person. I'm a, also a very much of a, the deepest passion is something that you, it's not the initial passion, even though I'm very good in the initial passion stage, but the deepest passion is the passion that you bring, that you, it's about improvising. I, I, it's like you go to the next level where you take it to the next level, you know, and we didn't go there because she, you know, she was interesting. She always wanted to, like, kind of impress me and prove what a good lover she was. And it's like, that's not interesting to me. I don't need anyone to prove. I don't need to prove what I'm a good lover to anyone. I, I want to just explore and, 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 and uh, investigate and go to the next level and be in this mystery of it, you know, and and try things, you know, and we did try things, but it was kind of in a very, I don't know, prescribed way. Like, you know, I mean, I liked it. She was, she's an incredible, she's incredibly passionate and she was, you know, a little dark and a little, you know, fun. I mean, she liked to be slapped. She liked to be choked. And I liked that, but I wanted, and we were great together and we did like it, but it still didn't totally go to the next level like I liked it. And well, the end, if you think about it, Patrick, for a second, what the, the biggest issue here was addiction. And it's very, it's very, if you're with someone, you know, the addicted person actually tends to avoid healing, especially anything that could potentially be uncomfortable. And intimacy is not, it's not a place that is safe. And given her history, it totally makes sense to me that she would not be going to the next it's more of a intimacy. Per- yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a You're lot of You're talking about, about intimacy in a different way, you know? Yeah, it's going yeah for her it was about addiction. And so. she said very clearly she wouldn't, for me, I actually go to the next level of sexual high from intimacy and from improvisation and from exploration she goes to the next level of high from finding a new lover and she said that directly to me yeah so the issue now is what do you need to do to take care of yourself given what you learned 
Well, I do feel like I need to talk to Mark. You know, I've been very good. I mean, she and I, the only communication we've had, we've had less and less communication. She's cut me off, you know. The irony is she's cut me off. I mean, I did make boundaries, some boundaries with her. Like, I unfriended her from Facebook, but I just noticed that she blocked me from Facebook. Like, she went to the next level of blocking me, you know. Like, I can't, you know. And, uh, well, but, but and think only, about it. You know things about her that she doesn't want people to know. So it right. makes sense that she would actually want you, like, not just out, but not able to even say anything. Like, you, you, yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not even, I'm not bothered by it all. I'm more frightened by the fact that she'll, I know she's going to unblock me and want to be friends with me again. And it's just a matter of time. And how do I deal with it? You know, I'm more worried about that than her blocking me. I, I'm happy for the distance, you know. Uh, and, this, and that's when your healing takes place, that you actually see, because what I would hope is that you spend more time, what I, what I would love is that for you to spend time writing about the things that you learned about the relationship with her. Why is it that you wouldn't want another relationship like these. What is it about... God, I don't want another relationship like, you know like this. Right. So it's so weird. I mean, this is the whole thing. I, I feel like I'm de-evolving. Gonna... Like, my other relationships but see, you were need much... To be, you need to be aware of the signs. I want to... This is the moment to actually notice. Looking back, when you were, like, deeply, you know engaged in the in the mystery and in the passion and in the creativity and of it all that you miss the signs. So I want you to go back and see the signs. Well you know, see the signs. Because I have to tell you, a person that has no codependency at all would not miss the signs. She threw a no. red flags right and left. She threw hundreds of red flags. I mean, at least 10 red flags. So, And you no disregarded question. them. So that's I disregarded the all of them. And I disregarded my own. I mean, number one, if I simply didn't have sex with her in the first month, first of all, she would have been completely uninterested in me. And I would have saved myself all of this. And I don't want to have, I'm not going to have sex for at least four weeks in knowing somebody. And that would save me so much problems, you know, maybe even longer, you know. I want it to be beautiful, you know, and, you know, I mean, there's, I would have never gotten involved with Bree. I mean, I, I never, you know, I'm turned off by people like her. I'm turned off by polyamory. I'm turned off by, I'm even turned off by sex addicts. You know, I think I, I think I was somewhat starved. I hadn't really been with, you know, I'd been with a few people just intermittently, but I think I was starved a little bit and I, you know, and, uh, You know, I mean, the truth is, I, you know, in before her, I was with this yoga woman for a month and I had sex with her pretty quick. Then I was with this Israeli woman who I had sex with her pretty. I mean, we knew each other for a while. Um, I knew her for a while and I stayed away from her because I thought she was a total sex addict. And I stayed away from her so, for so five months. And then... There's something. I, I really want you. Can you hear me, Patrick? Yeah. 
I would love for you to actually, I'm take, I want you to take these seriously. And even if you write five minutes a day, five minutes, uh-huh. like even set a timer, write down what were the subtle things that took place that you disregarded, like that you would never disregard again. What were those? Right. Because that's the, that's the key. And, there's, and they're actually common threads with Mark. They're the same thing yeah. that Mark does. Because it's a similar thing and you don't want to, you know, you want to be able to choose and be aware of what's going on so you don't end up feeling betrayed and kind of like coming out, you know, and you sideways when you're like, wait a minute. No, you knew this, you know, you could see this coming a mile away and so you take care of yourself. So it's not like Mark is a, you know, a bad person. He's just, he's just unhealthy in certain things in his life, and he has been all along. <laughs> right. I mean, it was, right. God, I cannot believe I did a threesome with him. It was like the stupid, that was another incredibly, unbelievably stupid thing to do. But, you know, honestly, I thought that he had the ability to do this, to be sweet. Like I thought, well, he is, he doesn't really fall in love with people, certainly the way I do. So I just thought, well, he'll have a sweetness with Brie. We'll have this threesome and, you know, he'll have this romance. But of course he'll respect my relationship with her. Mm -hmm. But that's not at all what happened, you know? I mean, I... I mean, he was, he's always been, I guess, you know, I mean, even if he came on to Deborah, it's not like, well, it's because of Deborah. I guess the difference was Deborah. I knew that Deborah had boundaries and would never be with him, but I never thought he would, I thought he was just flirting with her. That's why I defended him. I said, well, he wasn't really coming on to you. He's just a flirt. And, uh, you know. But that's the piece that I think would be so, so important for you to really, all right, I'll do that. Just, you have By to, the way, just to yeah, report, I did do my anger tapping. I only did it once. Okay. And it was great. It was really great. I went yeah. through all these people in my life. Like, I very fluidly, you know, went from Mark to Bree to my mother to Deborah to Athea. I, and I, I, I had a slew of I, some other people, too. I was just getting angry at all of them. Fuck all of you. And uh, it was great. <laughs> That's so good. So, so notice if at any point you are, you know, you're even slightly frustrated, have an, do another one. Okay, yes, yes. Just, you know, use it as, you know, how some people, like, get, you know, get, um, I don't know, what can you get periodically? You know, you have a seizure, you know, somebody that has seizures takes a, a medication to help them, right? To prevent. So that's what I would like you to do. <laughs> Can I just tell you one more story? I know you've spent a little extra time with me. So I, it was yeah. just a funny moment. You know, Rathia and I, you know, another slightly interesting thing that's happening, and I, I'm just slightly aware of it, is like, you know, I don't think I've ever really fallen out of love with Rathia. You know, that's another whole mm. side story. I mean, I am. A, I mean, I have many different parts of me. I'm also aware that we we can't work together because if she's going to be, 
you know, upset by my anger, my level of anger. It's interesting. I hung out with this guy, my male friend yesterday, who's Italian. And we talked about the anger thing. And he just said, dude, you're not an angry person. I said, look, I'm actually only get angry. Like I know you, first of all, don't know me that well. And second of all, you know, I only get angry in like my brother and my relationship. And I think I do have an anger problem, but you know, he, I, he, I totally described everything to the detail, like yelling at the top of my lungs to my brother and slamming on the top of the car to him. And he said, you know, being Italian, that's just what you do. <laughs> you know, yeah. he said, yeah. you don't, it's not that big a deal. That wouldn't be a big deal, you know? And when we talked about it, yeah. he, you know, he and, and I said, well, maybe I need to go out with an Italian chick, you know? I don't know. But oh, anyway, yeah, Ita- Italian or Latina, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, I feel like that's what I want to do. Yeah. I don't want to be under this thing. But anyway, <laughs> this is the story I wanted to tell you. So I have, Ruthie and I, our relationship is very close. And she's been really saying to me, I really, you know, she, we're back to kind of I love yous to each other. And she's like. Now, is she, is huh? she in a relationship with that, with that guy that she's been with? Totally. I mean, they're like deeply, apparently in love. You know, I mean, it seems like they're deeply in love. He's a super nice guy. I really like him. He's a phenomenal with Toriel. And they're very, you know, she is very close with him. And, uh, and it seems good. So I have many different sides. It's like, I, you know, with the, uh, we have many little moments where I also realize I don't think we could work the way we are. You know, she would have to let go of her getting so triggered by my um, harshness or my, if I get snappy with her, she gets really uh, triggered by it. And I can't be with somebody. I mean, she gets snappy with me all the time. If I got triggered like she got triggered, it just wouldn't work. So I, even though I feel like I'm in love. Anyway, but so we say we're, we say I love you to each other. That's one thing. But she's also really been commenting on like how good our relationship is right now. And for me, it's all arbitrary. Like I feel this with most people, like with most of my relationships, like I don't get, I, I, I'm always in it for the long haul. So even if we're doing really well, I don't start saying, wow, this is amazing, we're doing it well. And, but at the same token, when we're doing kind of badly, I also don't say, wow, we're doing so badly. I'm just not that kind of person. I kind of, I mean, I celebrate but she we're doing is. well. But, but she is. But she is. She is. So it's interesting yeah. to me. But anyway, I, we're also very jokey with each other. I mean, we have a certain similar New York sense of humor. So I... I don't know, one thing led to another, and I texted her, and I said, I just was, went outrageous with her. And I said, <laughs> Brie and I, 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 I said, you know, Brie and I are, like, getting, you know, she's completely changed. She's, uh, you know, apologized for everything. And... Um, you know, I've, um, uh, I almost wanted to, you know, and I really think she's changed and we're talking about getting engaged and I couldn't believe that she would even believe this bullshit, you know, because it's just so outrageous. She said she read the text and all energy just drained out of her. And it was just an interesting psychic moment because of me even writing this. 
it was, I went through it a little bit. Like what if by just writing these words, even though I was totally joking, I kind of went through the experience a little bit. Oh, this is what uh-huh. I wrote. Hey, wow, I can't believe it. Bree says she wants to do her healing and wants to get back together, exclamation, exclamation point. I believe her. We spent the day together and talking about getting engaged soon. I'm so excited to tell Torielle. To me, it seems so obvious this is a total joke. But she said all energy drained out of her. It was just an interesting moment, but it did make me kind of go through that experience. And I, 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 there's no question that that could happen. Bree could easily say this to me. And mm-hmm. I have to be prepared for it. You know, um, with my sponsor, he's constantly saying, what are you going to do when she comes back to you? And then he's like saying, you know, when she comes back to you, it may not be like, it might not be this big thing like this. She'll come back to you in a small way and get you to do something, be with her, you know, to do something with her, which has already happened, actually. She's already done this. You know, she'll say, well, why don't we go on a walk together? Why don't we get a bite to eat together? And he says, that's more likely the way it's going to happen. You know, she's going to want, and you have to be prepared. And what are you going to do when this happens? And And that's what I was telling you a moment ago with Mark as well. Like, what are you going to do if you have a girlfriend? You have to plan. You have to prepare and plan, right? That's it. Yeah. So I have to go. Of course, of course. We're, We're in touch, okay? All right. Very good. Bye. Bye. See you soon.